I will bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I decided to bless his holy name. I made a choice that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. So a lot of times we want so much from God, but all he is asking and requiring of us to just love on him, to build that relationship with him, to walk in that intimacy with him, to commune with him, to have devotion with him. All he's asking. Can you just serve me? Can you just love me? So it ain't so much of what we always needing from him or wanting from him. It's just basically saying, can you love me if I don't do another thing? Because I have done enough by sending my only begotten son. And for that, I am so thankful. I am thankful for Holy Spirit allowing me the opportunity to stand before you to, to just Pour out what he has given unto me. And as even as we are going through this, this lesson on relationship, we're going to talk today, today about marital relationships because that's a part of the building blocks. Once we have that spiritual relationship with God, we ought to be able to love anybody at any time. You know, and the song that you hear in the background is, Oh, my soul loves Jesus by Kurt Carr. That song, the Holy Spirit woke me up singing this morning. And even when I began to start trying to find that song, I could not even think of the word. But, oh, Holy Spirit, bring them right back to my remembrance. My soul, I can't speak for nobody else. People say it with their lips that they love God, but my soul loves him. And I pray that yours do, too. All right, let's get into relationships. Imagine, if you will, you are in a conversation with your spouse and you feel yourself being triggered, becoming triggered. And much as you want to stay present, you begin to shut down and become reactive. In the process of shutting down, can I ask you a question? Did the problem get solved? Or did more heat get involved? Today, we're going to talk about nine principles of marital practice. And if I don't get to them all today, I will. There will be a continuation. All right. The first thing we need to do is set the intention to pay attention. Set the intention to pay attention. That's with God. That's with our marriage. That's with anything. Set the intention to pay attention. Ecclesiastes 9, 7 through 10 will tell us how to set the intention to pay attention. The uh, uh, contemporary English version said, and, and in my Bible, it had principle for living. Life is short. You love your wife. Enjoy being with her. This would enable us to recognize when we are getting caught up in habits that will stop genuine connections. In the shutdown moment, what is the root problem? Are you seeking approval? Are you wanting to be right? Wanting to be light? When you stay present and allow that to be the foundation, we give ourselves the choice to respond rather than reacting. Because we can all, you know, one of the, the cliche is don't just listen to respond, but listen to, you know, Listen to understand 
not to just reply because a lot of times people just I'm gonna I don't held on this in my mind or what you just said so I'm gonna come back on it. I'm gonna lash back out on this moment. Do you take the time to understand what the person was saying, or are you just holding on to what you want to understand? Okay, most arguments occur because of what we dig rather than what we see. Most people dislike you because of what they know about you rather than what they can see about you. Some people are going to just remember the old you rather than seeing the new you. Allow the foundation to allow us to respond to what is present. There may be a time to dig in the conversation, but dig together and find the root cause. Whatever's been problematic in that situation. There's a poet by the name of Mr. Amari Soul. He said this, and he's a poeter. He does poetry. And he said this. He said, she said, you never listened to me. I said, I did listen to you. She said, you stopped paying attention to me. I said, I never stopped paying attention to you. She said, then, why when I reached out to you, what I needed, nothing ever changed? Why when I lay down next to you, you could not feel my pain? And he said, I was speechless. Women are not looking for perfectionists. She's not looking for you to be what you cannot be. All she's looking for you to be committed, honest, caring, considerate of her wants and needs, and above all, consistent. Consistency is a, 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 is a key, key, it's imperative for all of us. And when men say that, you know, you're expecting me to be perfect, I'm not perfect. No, it's not that she's expecting you to be perfect, but can I help you with this? Is that, and that's not even an answer. That's an excuse. In fact, your mindset has now prevented you from honestly evaluating your own behavior because in your mind or his mind, you have already excused it. You know how we can make excuses for any and everything? Number two, take a deep pause and silence during the conversation. Don't be so hasty to answer. Proverbs 14 and 29 said, in the CEV version again, it is smart to be patient, but it is stupid to lose your temper. In the process of pausing before, during, or after a conversation, we stay connected with our deeper self as we engage with our spouse or others. Invite yourself in the presence of a conversation. The presence of a conversation. Because those inner stories will and have called, will cause you to be disconnected. You know the end of stories that we like to remember. We all can attest that some inner stories of what we know rather than see has created anxiety, judgment, and dislike. Everything and everyone does not deserve your energy. God's kingdom grows from what the believer knows and willing to show others. So what are you willing to show others? Number three, listen deeply. Listen deeply. 1 Corinthians 7, 33 and 34 in the New King James Version say, he who married cares about how he may please his wife. So who and she who is married cares about how she may please her husband. Can we say we are active listeners or have we found ourselves thinking in our head what to say while the other person is still talking? Ephesians 4 and 29, the message Bible say, say only what helps. 
The Apostle Paul writes, let everything you say be good and helpful so that the words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. The old adage or the old cliche, if you don't have anything good to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. But see, that's not scripture. We give very little attention to learning to listen, learning to really hear another person or the situation. Eugene Peterson, who was a, pes- a Presbyterian minister that wrote over 30 books, said it this way. He paraphrased it like this. Say only what helps because each word is a gift. What gift are you presenting to others? Everyone we meet, we will do one of three things. We're going to leave them better off. We're going to leave them worse off. Or we're going to leave them unaffected. How are you leaving people with your words? Number four, practicing challenging, practice challenging mind inquiries. Everybody learns on a different level. We're not the same. And that, thank God we're not the same. There are many ways we can learn, so don't always think your way is right. In mathematics, or arithmetic, arithmetic taught us that 2 plus 2 equal 4. That 2 times 2 equal 4. 2 to the square root equal 4. So we can always get the number 4. Some people may even get number 4 by saying, you know, doing it with, with their hands. They may have to solve a problem with their hands. They may solve a problem with paper, with tally marks, or with Roman numerals. They may even solve a problem with drawing. So don't always think your way is right. Colossians 3, 3, 14 through 19 will tell us. And above all, above all, above all, put on love. Can we say we're putting on love? Above all, enfold yourself with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely, ideally, ideal harmony. Is the spirits we care and is the spirits we care and we offer curiosity? How are we responding? What are we responding? Are we challenging ourselves to hear the other person and how they respond? Or we just, I know it all. This is my, is right, the right way. No, it's not always the right way. Verse 17 says, the beneficial influence produced by the indwelling word of Christ is not only to affect public worship, but also private worship. But it is also to control all areas of the Christian life. Because what you do in public, you should be doing in private. That goes back to our last week discussion, spiritual relationship. The more we become aware of the energy that we give to our inner story, the more we can release these stories and see others clearly and compassionately. If, for instance, you notice yourself harshly judging someone or comparing yourself to someone, instead of letting that story color your interaction, learn to question it and redirect your attention. We all like to text, right? We all have found ourselves texting, right? When you get a chance, I want you to put on a piece of paper. I am FFL, or you can say, are you FFL? What is FFL? <laughs> it's forbearing, forgiving, and loving. Are you implementing these things? Are you implementing what the scripture told us to do? Be forbearing, be forgiving, and be loving. Yes, love 
covers a multitude of sin, but love also exposes that sin, especially when you know it's not done right. When peace reigns among God's people, then the church is fertile soil, soil for the blessings produced by the word of God. For many of us, how you made me feel is what you're going to get. You know, we have, have a habit of doing tit for tat when we know it's not biblically correct. But remember the Bible said it to be the light of the world. We can't make a person see the light and we can't take them to the light. We have to just be the light. Be the light that God called us to be. Isaiah 43 and 2, Amplified uh, Classic Edition said, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched. Not with the flame, not even the flame will get a candle upon you. In the midst of the argument, in the midst of this coming, turn to it rather than away. When a difficult emotion such as hurt or jealousy arises during the interaction, we can generally acknowledge it and be with it instead of turning from it. How can I heal? And I'm going to put myself in this. And being trained, how can I heal if I refuse to deal with the problem? And never allow others outside. And, and this is another key that I need for us to understand. Never allow others outside the home to make you the problem when they don't fully understand the problem inside your home. Expectation and accusation, assumption, that's what people like to stay. Let them stay there. You know the truth. You live the truth. You be the truth. And don't let nobody else distort your truth. Amen. I had to write that one down for myself because that was a good nugget that the Holy Spirit allowed me to see. <laughs> Amen. Verse six, number six, they take responsibility. Take responsibility. A lot of times people don't like to have accountability. We all know right for wrong. That's elementary to us. Okay. We all know right for wrong. That's elementary. But God is trying to get us to the graduation of accountability. Accountability. Okay. First Peter 4 and 8, the new and living translation. But most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love comes a multitude of sin. From the days of Adam and Eve, we find it easy. To get caught up placing blame on others, thinking, but if he had or she had not said that, you know, we when we place ourselves above others, we soon will endure that what they endured. This kind of looking within can deeply deepen us immensely. Rather than finding fault with one another, ask yourself, what is this difficulty difficulty inviting me to investigate and bring compassion to? Because whether you believe it or not, whether the husband is um, saved or unsaved or whether that wife, they say that the wife supposed to bring her husband. You know, she's supposed to sanctify her husband <laughs> and the husband sanctify his wife. So if you are the sanctified one, what? how are you, how are you presenting yourself in the home? Verse seven or number seven, I keep saying verse, excuse me, number seven. Bring interest and curiosity to the things you take personally. Okay. Colossians 3 and 3, New Living Translation said, For you died to this life, and your real life is hid with Christ and God. Can I be honest with us? We can take some things too personally, too serious. Say your husband may be joking, or she may be, he may, you know, but sometimes we, we take things so personal. 
And we take things personal because we start judging how this has happened to me before. Yes, men should be emotionally supportive to their spouse and vice versa. If there's an issue rather than perpetuating a false sense of division, sit down and communicate. Why, why do we find it so hard to communicate? Why do we find it so hard to just communicate? Communicate how you're feeling. Communicate how it made you feel. And don't come with your, you, you, you made me feel this way. You made me, you didn't do, no, no, no. That's going to set up barriers. That's going to set a flame. No. Instead of saying you, just say, I didn't like the way you responded. Because in, in, in truth be told, it's the way you didn't like it. So I didn't like the way you didn't help me around the house. I didn't like it. Because it's putting the blame back on you, the responsibility back on you, the hurt back on you. That they see themselves and pray that they do see themselves. But you just throwing into us. When we do, you didn't do this and you didn't do that and you didn't help me around it. You that's a fight getting ready to happen. It's going to continue to happen because now she's going to say, he's going to say, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, and then he's going to be back and forth, back and forth. No, just tell him how you feel. Put yourself in a position. Put yourself there. I didn't like the way you responded to me. I don't like the way you're not helping me. I don't like it. What can we do about it? What can we do about it? Okay? Eight, bravely speak your truth. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh or after the flesh. Be vulnerable and honest. If it is easy for you to talk to someone else other than your spouse, you need to go back and get your relationship with the Father stronger. Because Matthew 19 and 6 tells us, what, there, where, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder apart. When you're going telling somebody else about your wife or you're going telling somebody else about your husband, you only putting somebody else in the midst of that and you're going to get that person killed. God ain't playing when he said, don't put it asunder. It was in his word for a reason. As one being together, you should be able to tell your spouse, him or her, anything and everything. Not someone else. Why would you even want to go to somebody else? I don't care if you, you know, I have had some male friends. And I have had a male friend that I realized that I could not be his friend because at some point the relationship started to turn. And knowing that I was married, that was the wrong move. And the enemy can make us feel so that, that that this person can really help you. This person can really help you instead of going. And then you see your husband or your spouse or your whoever partner as being the big bad guy. But did you go to him and let them know how you were feeling? Or you found it more comfortable to go tell another man how you, or another woman how you feel? That is putting the enemy in your relationship. And the Bible said we don't need nobody else in our relationship. If anybody, it, it do need to be a three-party, but it need to be the father, the wife, and the husband. Nobody else. We put too many people in our relationship. We put too many people in our business. We put too many people. Now, I understand that you find that, conf- that confident person, that confidant that you can go to and talk to and help you through a hardship. But going to another male or another female to help that help your situation? No, because most of the time they're going to come against what your husband or your wife is doing to make them look bad and make them look like the good person. Oh, I got it going over here. Child, I can do you better than she can. Oh, I'll treat you better than he can. Don't fall for that lie. As one being together, you should be able to tell them anything. 
Take off the mask in your house, and there's no need to mask it. There's no need to mask it with your spouse that you claim that you're in love with. If you're in love with them, you're in love with her, talk to them. Tell them about your situation, not someone else. Number nine, to attain a fruitful marriage, we must act with compassion. Ephesians 4 and 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave us. When we pause, when we listen deeply and inquire into our experience, compassionate action can arise organically in the form of insight, intuition, and self-knowledge. Again, Compassion is found inside us, not just on a resume or telling somebody that's my strength. It's found inside of us. It's a, a natural born innate ability that you cannot just get. It's, it's already inside of us. It's up to us if we're going to pull it out. Control and compassion are definitely not the same. Because you can control me. Some people feel as they because they can't control you, they don't have any compassion for you. But that's not a word. Matthew, let Matthew 6 and 33 help you if that's just what you think. Because if it's love worth praying for, keep praying for your marriage. I don't even say the word fight for more because people have done use that so loosely. Oh, uh, fight for your marriage. But God, the Holy Spirit had done gave me a whole new revelation on that. And you can find it in abuse, afflicted, confused, but now deliver. It's a whole new, a whole new chapter. It's going to take probably today and tomorrow and the continuation of sermons and series and episodes to talk about that. Because we shouldn't be fighting for no marriage or any marriage. But if it's worth praying for, you keep praying and asking God to change you first. You be the first partake of that change because so many times we want somebody else to change, but you still over there acting nasty. Well, so many times we want somebody else to change, but you still over there acting foolish. Make sure that you're the change first. And God said, I will allow the other change to come in play. But you be the first partake. And to my single people who may be listening to this, you investigate before you date. Because it's a bad thing to get into a relationship and you feel like roommates. It's a bad thing to get in a relationship and you feel like you're just going through the emotions. No. Investigate before you date and seek God first. Seek him first. See, a lot of times we want to seek him, the man, first and then to ask God about it later. No, you seek God first. Even in a relationship. Even in a, a proposed relationship. Seek God first. Face first. And then you ask him. Not flesh. Because we like to seek flesh first and then ask God about it later. No, seek God first. And you will stop attracting the wrong people when you grow beyond the part of you that attracts them. What are you could they keep attracting them? If you walk around here bootylicious, every time you turn around you got something on tight, of course that's the man you're going to attract. If you walk around here boobylicious, every time you turn around you got your boobs out, and they, of course you're going to attract that type of man, that lifestyle. Man, if you got your pants tagged down or you walk around here like you the thug of the thug nation, yeah, you're going to keep attracting them sorry tale women. If you out here want to flash your money and every time you turn around and try to show that you got it like that, yes, that's the kind of women that you're going to attract. But if you find one that know who you are in God 
and respect who you are in God, you won't have no problem with him disrespecting you or trying to make you do something that you know you weren't supposed to do. Because my thing is, if you know that I had loved God, they don't no need to tell me how much you're trying to ready to hit it. Uh-huh, and you know what hit it means. Ain't no need to every time you turn around, when can I get it? And I'm trying to be decent and I'm trying to be nice up here. But I could go there, but I'm, I'm going to stay, stay in the realm of being cautious. But in the midst of this, if that's all they're talking about and what they want to do to you, that's, that's who they are. Respect what they show you. You can't change nobody. You can't even change yourself. Respect what they show you and move forward. And trust God. God said, it even told us that he said, a man that findeth a wife. Stop trying to find these men. A man that findeth a wife. Find favor with God. Do it the way God said do it. Stop doing it the way you want to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm most, let me tell you something. The heart of mendacious. The heart can be deceitful. The heart can get you some stuff that you don't even know how you got yourself in. But trust God. Trust his leading. Trust his guiding. And trust what he show you. Even in the dating stage, trust what he show you. If you haven't drink, my son, who I, I thank God that has allowed him to do what the scripture has said in the last hour, in this season, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and dream, dream. Look, my son was dreaming about this, a, a female he was dating. And everything that he was sharing with me about that dream will let me know, honey, he, she is not the one. God is showing you through your dream, she is not the one. She's going to cause you a lot of stuff that it, anytime somebody want to change you for being who you are, change your values or what you represent, they, they're not the one. I, I thank you for the opportunity that we had together. I thank you for the time that we share together, but we need to go our separate ways. So trust what God is showing you. Seek his face above all else because he won't leave you astray. He won't leave you wrong. And if you are with your spouse and you try to make it work and you want to make it work, you put forth every effort to make it work, then I need for you to do one of three things. Research your love language style. Research your, not his, not hers, but research your love language style. Share it with your spouse and build communication around that so it can become stronger. Don't try to make somebody that you're in a dating phase with, try to make them understand, no, this is talking to the committed relationship. Those who have already committed the relationship. All right. So research your love language style so y'all can build communication around. It. You know what he like and he know what you like. Ask your partner, what is it about me that you don't like? Work at making it better, not worse. Be open to the truth because sometimes we don't like the truth. We, we, don't, we don't like the truth. Some people just don't like the truth. They, they just don't like the truth. But I need for you to love the truth, understand the truth, respect the truth. You know, Be open to what he shared with you, what she shared with you, so we can be better at this thing. Three, do you see yourself as a giver or a taker in the marriage? Are you giving or are you taking from the marriage? Because if we're not depositing in one another, we're going to soon be emotionally bankrupt, both of us. Give love. 
Give your time. Give of your honest report. Give of, of the things that, you know, to help catapult one another to the next stage, the next level, next dimension. Don't just be a giver in the relationship. I mean, a taker in the relationship. Excuse me. Don't just be a taker. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take that. He, gonna do, uh, uh, he got to do this. He got to do that. No. no. And we're not living off no social emotion, no social connection clock either. It's however God sees fit for us to be. You know, we always have our particular people. I want to be married by such and such. I want to have a child by this age. I want to have that, that social clock. Sometimes we can be a very hindrance in your relationship. Now, the fact that social clock can be a... <laughs> A barrier in a lot of relationships. Don't let that be yours. Seek God's face. Ask Holy Spirit to show you how to be the wife that you need to be. Ask Holy Spirit to show you how to be the husband that you need to be. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to love unconditionally. All right, good people. This is your girl, CL Suds. Much love. I pray that you all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend. Continue to just trust God in the process because, hey, this process is going to get us somewhere. All right.